Hey guys, this is the intro before the intro. You're probably like, what? He's never done that before. But there's a reason why I got some exciting news as I finish this episode, put the stamp on the editing, had it all ready to go. I got a very special email right now saying that we got a new sponsor. Yeah. And actually, in the past, throughout the evolution of the show, you may have noticed we've had subtle sponsors, you know, from our original studio at girth radio inside the pacific junction hotel we'd always shout that out and now currently at our home base at the talk shoe studio and network we always give them the tip of the hat but you may have noticed i haven't done anything commercial style because honestly it's been hard to find something that makes sense i've been very picky trying to look for something that would coincide And not only benefit the show, not only benefit the demographic of the sponsor, but also benefit some of our listeners. And countless times I get DMs and private messages from people aspiring to do a podcast. And one thing that has come up a handful of times, not even in messages, uh, even from my friends when they're talking about the creative imbalance, um, is how do you get paid? How do you get compensated? And to be honest, that's not always the case uh, when it comes to independent media. It's usually coming out of our own pocket. But recently, I discovered this incredible webpage called Podcorn. You can check it out at podcorn.com. And once you sign up, for free, I might add, you get to access this hub of all these different businesses who are looking for podcasts and the podcast mediums to advertise their product or business, etc., etc. And as I was clicking around, I'm like, this is the most perfect thing. Um, especially if you're a content creator. I know, not to generalize everybody, but a lot of us creatives may be good at producing content, etc., etc. But some of us are not the most business savvy. Originally, when I thought, of getting sponsors, I'm going to have to awkwardly approach businesses, continually tell them about your show, pitch them why it makes sense, what they can benefit. There's so many layers. And with producing a podcast specifically, there's already enough labor that takes up so much of your day. But with Podcorn, it funnels the business right to you. And at first I was a bit skeptical, but today I gave it a whirl. I was scrolling around clicking on different business, see what would make sense with the creative imbalance. Like I said, I'm picky. I don't want to tack on anything that wouldn't benefit you guys. But I found some art-related ones. And as I was thinking, this is such a cool service, I saw one pop up that was directly for a Podcord campaign. It's a little advertising inception going on right now. But I clicked on that. It was so easy to use. There's a feature that directly compiles all of your analytics. And I want to let you know, too, I didn't use that feature because mine's a little complicated. Um, When I started this show, I I spread it out on, like, so many different platforms. And it's difficult for me to funnel all those numbers into one place. But what's cool about Podcorn is if you're in a complicated situation like me with that, there is also a text box where you can just pitch your show. And even if you wanted to, record a voice message so they can hear you. I wrote out a few paragraphs about the content, the legacy of the show, the type of people who listen to it. 
and why I believe it makes sense for Podcorn to jump on board due to the amount of content creators and aspiring content creators who listen to this show. And again, to be honest, I was feeling a little skeptical. I'm like, what is it? This seems too easy. So I did the message. There's also a little feature. You set your price, what you think is fair, and then you click send. And then, bam, a couple hours later, I look in my inbox, and Podcorn is on board. Podcorn is down with the creative imbalance, and I want to say I am down with Podcorn, too. Later on in this unique episode, I kind of vaguely tell you about like why I took a week off just to kind of recharge my battery. But I didn't mention around a lot of factors in life. Um, There was a certain exhaustion going into the show, and a lot of it is independently funded. And it's so cool that after I recharged, finding this, giving it a shot, and immediately being able to have an extra source of funding towards this show. Because there's a lot to go into it um, beyond this special episode where it's just the Q&A with myself. You know the regular format. I have guests They're traveling into the city, and I like to make sure they are comfortable, take care of their parking, especially in Toronto, it's so expensive, maybe get them a bite to eat, coffees, etc., etc., and actually giving my guests that experience when they come onto the show has helped the show grow drastically. Um, They'll go back to their PR people and tell them they've been taken care of. And it's just making people comfortable is just something genuinely what I like to do. But now with the help of Podcorn and be able to easily get a little bit of extra funding here and there to take care of my guests and even invest more into my show without directly taking funds out of my own pocket and winding up homeless and starving Because I love this show so much and I'm not going to quit. Like I told you, the creative imbalance is infinite. And there's infinite stories of artists, performers, content creators that I need to tell on here. Okay? So once again, sorry for the long-winded ad, but this one actually comes from the heart. And if you got a podcast yourself, YouTube channel, etc., etc., There's no reason for you not to check this out. It was so easy, and I can't believe how fast this worked, all right? But now, with all that being said, here's the original episode coming at you right now. Hey, everybody. Sean here. This is a little extra bonus episode for you. Going to be answering some questions that you guys sent in, and it'll probably lead to a couple rants and whatnot, but I'm three coffees deep, feeling good. I feel like this is going to be a fun one. So that's all I got to say for an intro. And here's the music. What? First off, big shout out to Dan Siri. He made that music that you hear on every episode in the intro. 
I notice a lot of new people are liking the pages on social media. Um, I just saw Facebook alone in the past week, like 50 new people hopped in. I know a handful of you are from the battle rap universe. I ended up directing a couple cool things and slapped a creative and balance brand on it. And um, there's also a handful of you where I don't know where you're coming from. And that's a good thing. And yeah, I've been, I've been creeping. <laughs> like <laughs> it's funny. Um, I was clicking on a handful of the names of the people who've been following the show. Because I'm curious. This is a very intimate show. It's got a small little tight following. It continues to grow. But um, what's funny is when you have, uh, for example, a Facebook page like dedicated to a business or an artist page... Um, you can see the names of the people who randomly follow you, but it doesn't actually let you like click on them and do a full creep to go into their page. So I would like type in these people's names. I did it about eight times and yeah, it's kind of cool. I was expecting people to have mutual friends and, and no, some of you are just random and I appreciate that. We've had some quality episodes, um, but I'm kind of derailing what I was going to talk about with my boy Dan Siri, who made the music at the beginning of every episode you hear way back when this podcast was just an idea to explain to maybe the new people who came on board and don't know this story. There's There were so many factors that compelled me to make a podcast and a lot of it is through my videography life being in Toronto been working with everything I'm a fan of from music comedy events just different websites for journalism and I started building this collective community of all these amazing creatives and weirdos and awesome people and uh, lots of people who are extremely talented and for whatever reason never got the mainstream push um don't have a light shined on them and i just wanted to tell like all these different stories so i made a post on social media just uh, to my group of friends just wrote in my status uh hey i got this collective of eight years just grinding in the city if i made a podcast would any of you guys be interested and it got an overwhelming response. And um, Dan Siri was very, very supportive to the point where one day I looked at my email and he's a very talented musician, producer, all that. And uh, he asked me if he can make a song for me for the theme. And of course, I was like, yes. It's like, how do you want it? And Dan's known me since I was like five years old and knows my love for hard rock and metal. So I kind of uh, told him to keep it on the heavier side, but just uh, do what you feel like. And it came back and I feel like it was absolutely perfect. It sounds like a talk show, but it also, he nailed it where it kind of connects to my personality of just enjoying like heavy music my entire life and it's uh it's got the sean vibe even my girlfriend at the time too i played it for her she was like this is you <laughs> in a song and yeah it's amazing so uh yeah shout outs to dan and um what's crazy too is he did that before i even posted an episode at all and when i got that in my email 
that's was like the first step where the idea became a reality. I have a theme song. Like I have to do a show. It's like, and really got my ass in gear. And uh, I say this in a lot of episodes too. And I get message from different aspiring creatives. And I learned there's a bit of a pattern of taking that first step is usually like the hardest step. You're about to tread unknown water, whether you're going to write some music, going to do some stand-up comedy, going to do your first podcast. And it's so easy to overthink and overthink and overthink. You want the first one to be amazing, but um, the best thing you can do is just do it. Make mistakes. And I'm lucky enough to have, like, I'm kind of like a certain personality where sometimes I just need a helpful push or a tip of the cap. And I felt like when uh, I made that status, a lot of the people in my life saying they'd be interested was the tip of the cap. But Dan sending me that song was the push. Like, okay, I'm doing this now. And I always I always keep that in mind and I always try to pay it forward too. There's um there's a handful of episodes on here of artists you probably never heard of before. Um, people I've saw just doing something cool and uh I'd reach out to just hear their story. There's even one that's coming to mind right now who I've seen live and like her music just moved me. It was it was actually um Sages. She's been on the show twice. But um, the first time I reached out, because uh, she just was playing like small bars, throwing her songs on the internet. Long story short, when I heard her, I'm, I just felt like this was something special. And uh, when I reached out, I remember initially she was like, oh, I don't even know why you want to talk to me today. And that's exactly like, let's tell your story. And um, that was a few years ago. And right now she's fucking killing it. And um, just my spirit, even in doing videography I've been using that platform more than ever lately when I see something special, I'll reach out if I have the time and it's growing into like amazing friendships and it's cool to see people go down all these different paths. Another person in my mind is a folk artist you heard a few times on the show, uh, Johnny Shea. And the first time we ever hung out was I made a music video for him. I just heard he's down from Ireland and um, wanting to take this path. And yeah, it's cool. It's it's important. And I'm going off on a big tangent where really I just want to say thanks to Dan and let him know that I'm just paying it forward, you know. And that's I feel like that's been my spirit before as well. Also... One thing I want to mention, too, is putting out that vibe in general. When you do something and you're not looking for something in return, you're just doing it out of the goodness of your heart. This may seem spacey, but I truly believe the universe will reward you for that. Um, I'm seeing it in so many fucking ways with this show. Things are going full circle. As I'm talking right now, I have my email open. And I'm looking at some uh, potential guests that I'm talking to, trying to set stuff up in the future. And there's a couple names on here where I'm kind of geeking out. And I don't want to drop them right now. I kind of want to surprise you. But there's one I'm setting up right now. And it's like, oh my god, I used to watch you growing up. And this whole podcast journey, which has started putting out this supportive energy into my own circle. And it's growing beyond that. In ways I always hope for, but actually could never expect as well. I think like any creative path, there's also been a lot of sacrifice and 
bumps in the road that I don't even tell you guys about. I like to portray a certain energy when I'm on the mic. And I'm also cognitive that a lot of people who hit me up who say they listen to this show always tell me they like the vibe they receive and they, they'll listen to it while they're at work, trying to pass some time, doing stuff around the house. And for people who listen in every week, you may notice I took a week off. Um, I was going to do this solo ranty episode last week, but I wasn't feeling too good, like mentally. I um, had a few things going on in my personal life and I didn't want to fake it for you. So I took a needed breather. This week, you're actually going to get two episodes. You're going to get this one and the regular interview at the end of the week. But it's interesting. I took a, a lot of time to meditate. That sort of thing's been on my mind since the last episode when I had uh, the Shaolin monk on. And I also feel like the continuous growth with this umbrella of the show in our community i say are because like this is as much as your if you're listening right now this is as much your show as mine but the recent momentum is kind of adding a pressure that is such a blessing but i felt like last week for just a moment of time it was kind of a curse in a way and i don't know if you guys are like me but i feel like when i have layers of mental exhaustion it affects me physically like i'll be tired there was one day i got a full night's rest like eight nine hours i woke up i had all these things i was going through i was trying to tackle it i feel like i wasn't in the right mindset to do so to the point where even though i had a full night's rest i just ended up being sleepy again I woke up, I tried to chip away at some things for a few hours, and I just went back to bed, and I slept like the afternoon, and definitely that was the point where I was like, something is up. And anytime I'm feeling a little off or whatever, I always think of this one episode I had. Um, let me look it up. Um, it's episode 63 featuring Selena Rose, who is a author and a holistic nutritionist yoga instructor teacher in many things to deal with your health and uh, one thing i really took away from that episode is she simply said it in many many times in many different ways that usually you can find the solution is if you just listen to your body i feel like sometimes in life especially the way it is in north america we're kind of bred to be such workhorses and overwork to get breadcrumbs in a way and sometimes your body will be giving you all sorts of ways of just telling you to slow it down but due to extra pressures whether it's bills expectations you won't slow down and you might not even notice you're starting to feel mentally and physically sick in a way and um, yeah, so last week on that day when um, I took a nap after getting a full night's rest, that afternoon, Selena's voice came in my head again. It's like, listen to your body, what's going on? And that was the initial steps to turn everything around. And when I turned on the mic today, I didn't plan on going down this route. I have a piece of paper <laughs> with a, a few other directions of your questions and some comments that I've been gearing towards to. And I didn't plan on telling you all of this. I don't even know how I got down this path. But yeah, obviously, since I've unconsciously been going there, 
maybe it's for a reason. Maybe one of you guys are going through something too, and uh, you might need to hear this. But I want to say me just taking this one week, taking a step back, I'm feeling so strong to push ahead. And um, again, I mentioned there's a ton of interviews coming your way. And instead of having this feeling of doom and gloom about the future, me stepping away for a week and coming back into it with a fresh mind is making me feel excited and making me realize why I do this and actually feeling very blessed to have this stress. You know, a couple years ago, I wanted this kind of stress in ways of it growing to points where it's hard to deal with as a one-man team. And on top of that, the podcast isn't my entire life. So there's many other gears and layers of stuff going around it that I have to find time to ebb and flow into managing this and continuing its strength. And I'm still learning the best way to do that. And what sucks is sometimes you have to hit a wall to learn a lesson. I always say the best lesson is almost a good mistake as well. And I can go on forever and ever about this, but I think it's time to get to my original plan of me turning on the microphone today. I'm looking at this paper, and today is actually about you guys. A small handful of you sent in some questions and some comments, and a few of these are totally unrelated to the podcast. But as a creative exercise, I have decided to segue some of these most random questions and comments into relation of the podcast. All right. So wish me luck. The first one comes from Luke Carpenter and his question is, where do babies come from and what do they want? Sincerely, Luke C. First of all, um, great question. How do I even get into this? Um, Life in general, pretty freaking crazy when you think about it. I could give a scientific answer on this about the human anatomy male and female, everything we were taught in school. But there is more layers than that. This almost turns into a thing. What came first, the chicken or the egg? And lots of people, when they don't know how to answer this question, they bring up the story, God created Adam and Eve, etc., etc. You eat an apple, you're going to go to hell. But from my experience and my knowledge, that is from a written text. In my experience of written texts from having a Twitter account, spending a lot of time in YouTube comments, that written text is absolutely bullshit. Is there a creator? Maybe. And if there is a creator, who created the creator? Luke, questions like this bring my mind into territory that makes me feel uneasy, maybe even frightened some way. But I kind of like it. And it's interesting If you think really deeply on it. Um, One thing I like to do is throw on a nature documentary on Netflix. And I'll even fall asleep to a lot of these. Um, Something about learning about animals and the narration of a British accent eases my soul. (laughs) And will peacefully conk me out. But the other night I was watching this new one called Earth at Night or Night on Earth. Something like that. And was showing some some baby animals um 
elephants to be exact. And this wasn't even the topic of the segment, but my mind trails off. And I've seen other things with different animals. When their babies are born, they just know what to do to live. Example, sea turtles. They're buried underground. They hatch, crawl out of the sand, and then know to run to the sea before birds start picking them off. This is just, nobody taught them. Nobody showed them how to do this. They just do it. And on this show I was watching the other night, the elephant knew when it was hungry just to just start sucking on its mom's breast. And this is an embarrassing thought of mine, but I actually snapped out of my soothing state and began to laugh hysterically to myself in my bed. Like I was about to fall asleep because as my mind trickled off, seeing this elephant and thinking, how does it know how to do that? And I mentioned earlier on this episode about starting a podcast, maybe starting being a musician, a comedian. There's a lot of trial and error. You learn from doing things at first the wrong way. And embarrassingly to say is what came to my mind is, I wonder if there was any trial and error in that. Like, did that baby elephant ever just go up to its dad and try to suck its dick? (laughs) Whoa there, son. (laughs) And I just started laughing, like cry laughing to myself. And when I was done laughing, I was also like, what the fuck? I need to get my head examined. And I can't believe (laughs) I'm telling you this, Luke. But it's your fault for asking Where do babies come from and what do they want? I would have never went on this tangent and revealed that to each and every one of you. So my answer to you, Luke, is babies come from magic. They come from mystery. Something I don't think we'll ever know. And what they want is the answer to where they have come from. Thanks for sending that one in, Luke. I didn't know where I was going with that tangent or if how I could relate that to the podcast, but I ended up <laughs> figuring it out. <laughs> Next question comes from Jack Wilson. It's actually my old roommate. I always forget about this, but for a while, we did a podcast slash live stream on a server. I'm not sure if it's around anymore, but it was called Just TV. And you'd set up a webcam and we had all these segments and it was a totally different vibe than the creative imbalance. It was kind of the tail end after our college life and we were pretty much keeping the party going. And basically what would happen on these episodes was we go on tangents and also random people could Skype in. It was it was such a cool server. But all of this just led into drinking games. And we started getting a following of people who just like to watch our demise <laughs> and decline <laughs> and just get hammered. And we would do this on a Tuesday and have to work the next day. And actually recently I like again I keep forgetting we did this these shows and segments and uh recently somebody uh mentioned to me that they miss <laughs> they miss it and they used to love uh playing the games with us we had two staple games one jack bought a nerf gun and it was like a six shooter so you can put a sticky dart in it and spin it and we would play russian roulette and pass it back and forth 
and whoever got shot um, would have to do a shot. And we had this disgusting liquor from Newfoundland. It was called Screech. And on top of having to take this disgusting shot, you didn't want to get hit with the dart because this freaking gun was powerful. And it has like one of those sticky ends at it. It wasn't a soft nerve. So you would actually like feel pain when you <laughs> when you lost. And then you got to take this shitty shot. And what was great, too, is if we were playing with somebody who Skyped in, we had a TV, a television behind us. So um, they were playing, too, and they could, like, drink whatever they wanted at home. So Jack and I would pass the gun back and forth. And if we didn't get hit in the first two bullets, we'd point it at the screen where people would Skype in and shoot it at them. And if they got shot, they just had to take a take a swig at home. In another one, we found this website. I wonder if it still exists. I hope it doesn't exist because I'm going to go down a rabbit hole of watching dumb videos today. But it was called Japanese Bug Fights. <laughs> and uh, we click on all these random videos and it would be like scorpion versus tarantula, centipede versus giant praying mantis. And we'd bet on which bug we thought would win. And again, if you lost, you had to take a shot. And here's an educational tidbit that I got from doing this stupid show. If you're ever betting on Japanese bug fights, you're always going to want to bet on the coolest one. You'll see a scorpion or a crazy tarantula and you'll be like, that's my guy. That's my guy. But one thing I learned is you never bet against a beetle. Yeah. You see a beetle, you're like, that's fucking boring. What's it even going to do? It doesn't have a stinger tail. It doesn't have claws. It doesn't have fangs. But these beetles would just take a beating. It was almost like that episode of when Homer Simpson was a boxer and he'd just get punched in the face. And then whoever he was fighting would just get tired and like pass out. So this is what happens. Like, the scorpion, the spiders, the centipedes, they're all trying to penetrate the beetle's armor. And this beetle would just take it and just fuck them up. Gave me a whole new respect for beetles. I never even thought about beetles until we discovered this site. You want to give somebody a compliment, you don't say you're tough as nails. You say you're tough as a beetle, man. King of the bugs. <laughs> and on top of what's awesome about that website is um, on these videos... There's commentary. Just two Japanese guys calling it like a sport. And I don't know what they're saying, but they're excited. <laughs> you can tell, <laughs> like, from the passion in their voices. They're calling this scorpion tarantula deathmatch like it's the UFC. It's a good time. It's probably, in retrospect now, thinking about it, it's pretty cruel <laughs> to, to put two creatures together were obviously intimidated by each other and forced them to fight but that's what happened i'm not proud of myself for enjoying that kind of entertainment but it's also unforgettable memories of bonding with my old pal jack and friends and strangers across the internet and i haven't even got to jack's question yet which is is a hot dog a sandwich and i have to say no it is not a sandwich and let's put it this way, um, it does have similar properties. There's bread, you fill the bread, 
and the experience may feel like it's a sandwich, but from the shape, the form, and other factors, aesthetically makes it not a sandwich. For example, it goes back to the consistent mix-up of an alligator and a crocodile. You, personally, may not be able to tell the difference between an alligator and a crocodile, but there are layers of differences, such as one will see you later and the other one will see you in a while. <laughs> Holy shit, you you should unsubscribe to this show. I am sorry. <laughs> I am so sorry. Let's move on. One from Witty Smitty News simply says, I love you. Witty Smitty News slash Kristen Smith, I love you too. And if you're one of those new people who have been following me through my videography life, you're most likely somebody who pays attention to battle rap. Christian Smith is one of the lead promoters behind Beast Mode Battles. And if you're interested in checking some of that out, check out the Beast Mode Battles gold page on YouTube. We dropped a couple cool videos in the last couple weeks in an untraditional style, usually in battle rap throughout the scene of North America. A lot of these matchups go down at events in bars in clubs but what this man christian smith did is he pimped out his shed made it gritty called it the room and it revitalized my passion for filming within the battle rap scene for example like usually a lot of these videos are very polished they got a certain look but this particular instance gave me the freedom to kind of make an art piece out of it kind of has a feeling of an 80s grindhouse movie very gritty when people start talking some gangster shit i've been throwing in gun sound effects and like i've been just having so much fun with it i'll catch this bum in the streets while he's trying to panhandle let it wave and bust it like i'm building a sandcastle and uh What's cool is people have been really digging the vibes of these because it's just different, you know? And Christian and Chris Kane, who is another person who runs Beast Mode Battles, they've put a lot of heart and sacrifice into making these room battles happen as well and been flying out and covering hotels of people from all over North America, from Kansas City, Detroit, New York, to make sure that they can book the best battle possible in the room. And what's tricky about doing that too is, and not doing it at an event space, a bar, or a club, is they're not making money at the door. Maybe they'll sell a handful of pay-per-views. And yeah, if it's something you're interested in, I thought I'd tell you about it. Um, It's something special, and they're just doing it for the love of the culture, you know? Last Sunday, we posted our latest one from the room, uh, Shoddy P from Detroit versus my good friend Pepe from the Toronto area. This actually was on an earlier episode of The Creative Imbalance, and it's just nuts. I recommend you guys checking that out. And if you dig the vibe, I recommend you checking out as well my favorite room battle. It was the first one we shot in there, which is, again, Pepe's in it. Versus another good friend of mine, Joey Gambello. And what makes that battle so special is they are best friends. And they don't hold back. It's like 
so aggressive and just an exciting vibe that I never felt before from filming battle rap. And I've been filming for eight years. I probably filmed a thousand battles. And uh, yeah, I'm telling you, this one is very special. So check out Pepe versus Joey Gambello and our latest one from the other week, Pepe versus Shoddy P. And shout out to Christian Smith again. Thanks for the random love on this message. And I'm going to scroll. I'm going to do two more. A handful of these when I reached out to say if anybody has any questions. Um, It's a bunch of just very nice comments. I don't want to go through all that and just be stroking the ego, you know, but... I just want to say I appreciate you guys. I'm glad you guys are enjoying the show. Actually, a lot of the comments are about um, the last episode I had with Yuan Jing, um, the Shaolin monk. That was such a special vibe he brings, and it was fun to do that with him. Prior to that, I noticed he felt like maybe he was a little shy, like kept mentioning, oh, English is my second language. But he did such a great job, full of knowledge and teaching. And down the road, I'm definitely going to do a part two with him. So, um, yeah, I'm glad you guys enjoyed that one. Like I said, I got two more. This one's from Pat Maloney, a.k.a. Pictures of Good Dogs on Instagram. He always enjoys the episodes I have with pro wrestlers on here. And his question is in relation so what's your dream Wrestlemania event? And to let you guys know, even though I do cover wrestling on here and say I am a fan of pro wrestling, I'm not the biggest fan of the WWE. And for people who aren't into that world, that comment may confuse you because that's the mainstream one. And to some people, that is what pro wrestling is. But um, just from the presentation, the way the stories unfold, more like this forced, terrible soap opera, I'm not feeling it. But I actually really respect the art of pro wrestling. And one huge nerdy confession of me is I actually follow Japanese pro wrestling, which is uh, New Japan. And I just like the vibe and the style of how they do things which is very different where wwe it focuses on telling mediocre stories first almost like a soap opera style their shows are too long too many commercials where new japan even though everything is all predetermined they make it feel like you're watching a sport an epic event you get this big fight feel out of a lot of the matches And there is layers of little nuanced stories and stuff like that, but it's not as cartoony as the WE. And I'm also a busy guy, and you don't have to spend a lot of time to follow it or know what's going on. They'll have like a big show like once every two months where WE, they have like three shows a week. comes up to like eight hours, and then on top of that, Once in a while, they'll have a pay-per-view on the Sunday. It's just like, it's way too much. I mean, like, I have fun watching this shit, but it's like, I have so many other interests. So I've been sticking with New Japan. And and actually, this is something I wasn't going to say on the mic, but this is actually kind of a cosmic thing that happened relating to the show. But first, I got to tell you about this guy from Edmonton. His name's Kenny Omega. Uh, He happens to be a a pro wrestler. And up until this year, a lot of people in North America didn't know who he was. But the very, very long story short, 
of Kenny Omega is he moved to Japan and ended up for the past decade becoming one of the biggest stars over there. Like I'd compare him to The Rock or even a modern like Hulk Hogan. And he's from here, but just made a name for himself over there and selling out this arena called the the Tokyo Dome, which is basically like the Rogers Center. And he is the main event. This Canadian guy. And I, as I've been casually watching New Japan, like, I can't help but admire it. And I was also astonished how he's not acknowledged over here. It almost made him even cooler in a way. And just, I love his story. But um, very long story short, one day a good friend of mine asked me, who are my top three people I want to interview on this show? And I thought about it for a few seconds. And off the cuff, I said Rick Moranis, Lady Gaga, and Kenny Omega. Rick Moranis, I always say, because uh, he's somebody who left Hollywood, left entertainment industry to be a dad, and he just doesn't do interviews ever. Like, he's done. So I want to talk to him. I always say Lady Gaga, um, because beyond her being a megastar, there was an interview I watched a handful of years ago where she was out of her pop star character and just being herself, talking about life. And I don't even really listen to her, but there was a vibe to the interview that just made me feel like we would have social chemistry together. So beyond her being a megastar, I just feel like the vibe would be on point and it would make a unique conversation slash interview that she's never had before. And also Kenny Omega, because of the story, him leaving Canada and becoming this huge star. And I remember when I said the top three, my friend was like, who the fuck is Kenny Omega? And I was like, oh, don't worry about it. And then, okay, get this. This is this is so cosmic. A week later after I said that, and actually there's a lot of really spooky shit that goes on with this show that makes me feel like I'm meant to be doing this. I was recently on my buddy Joe Cash's show, and I mentioned a story I had with Wu-Tang Raekwon that's kind of equally as spooky as this. But I'm not going to get into that now. If you're If you're interested in hearing that, type in... The Joe Cast by Joe Cash, episode one on YouTube. But this spooky instance, I was lined up around the film festival to interview this director named Young Chang, who made this incredible documentary on a legendary journalist named Robert Fisk. He's basically a war journalist, goes to the front of the lines of different turmoil in the world, and risks his life to report the truth. And Young Chang followed him for a long period of time and, and turned his story into a documentary movie. So I'm doing this interview with Young, and prior to prepare, I went on his IMDb just to see other work he's done, all that. And it showed all his film, but one thing I didn't see was any of his television credits. I didn't know he did television. I didn't know that got discluded from his list. Because there's one thing that if it was on there, it would have just caught my attention so much. So I'm doing this interview with Young. It's going great. He's a great guy. And halfway through the interview, I noticed the battery on my recorder is getting low. I cut it off for a second and told him I got to change my battery. And he's like, yeah, no problem. So I'm getting new batteries and we're having small talk. And he's like, oh, what, what are the other kind of people you get on this show? I gave my usual spiel. 
musicians, comedians, artists, directors. And I wasn't even going to say this, but at the end, I just I keep listing stuff off and some pro wrestlers. And he's like, ah, you're into pro wrestling. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I, I love I love uh, sharing stories on my show and uh, kind of give him the spiel of what I like about pro wrestling. And then he says to me, do you know Kenny Omega? And I got excited. I was like, yeah, he's like one of my favorites. He's uh, even joke around. Uh, I've told people uh, when they ask me, what's my spirit animal? <laughs> I said, Kenny Omega <laughs> back in the past. And uh, I can tell he started getting excited in and uh, there was a thing I heard about uh, that I didn't get to watch at the time because I don't have cable TV. But after all these years, TSN finally did a documentary on Kenny Omega to tell his story to the Canadian audience. And uh, Young asked me if I heard of the Kenny Omega documentary. And I told him, yeah, I basically told him what I told you. But uh, I didn't get to watch it. I don't have cable. And he says to me, I was the director. I followed him for a year and made it. <laughs> and without me asking further, asked me if I wanted to interview Kenny and said he can introduce me to him. And it just it was a moment where it broke my brain because literally a week before my friend asked me who are the top three people I wanted to interview on this show. And I could have said anybody. And I happened to say Kenny Omega. And immediately the universe just threw me this connection so quick under a week like here you go sean how fucking trippy is that and this is something i haven't told anybody like i'm scared i'm gonna jinx this moment <laughs> and like it might not happen but uh basically young said next time kenny's in toronto um he's now working for a league that's been touring america and i know they have interests of coming to canada and um he said uh he'd love to make an episode happen with me kenny and young and we can kind of reminisce on the documentary they made and that's just incredible and pat i'm getting way off topic of your question you asked me, which is what I would like for a WrestleMania main event. But obviously it includes Kenny Omega. And I think one thing would make sense is over in Japan, he had an unfinished storyline with somebody who has been signed on to the WE. Really incredible talent named AJ Styles. And in the storyline, AJ was leader of this group called the Bullet Club. And Kenny was kind of like a henchman in this group. And once AJ got signed to the WE, didn't want to live in Japan anymore, thought it made would make sense, even though he was like a big star over there, to go back to North America. Makes sense because all his family's there and stuff. But what's cool about in New Japan, on the show, without them telling you he's leaving, basically what happened was... Kenny betrayed him and became the leader of the Bullet Club on his like very last day in New Japan. He beat the shit out of AJ Styles, a gang beat him, and then he was just off back to America. So there's like six years of story into it. And I know WE doesn't like to acknowledge anything else outside of it. This is just the Sean fantasy booking in a long way to answer your questions and kind of tell you guys something beyond the behind the scenes of an interview I'm trying to 
make happen. And also, I wanted to share the spookiness of moments that are telling me this show is what I'm meant to be doing. Because it's not just that instance. Um, Like I mentioned on Joe's show, I share another story. And there's more and more, and it's almost like I feel vulnerable telling people. It's, It's like these moments that feel fake in a way like like it's written almost like the universe kind of tipping its cap to me that I'm in the right direction and whether you guys believe it or not maybe these moments aren't for me to tell and just to take in as a gift but yeah again Pat thank you for all your support and everything and uh, for people listening Pat has an amazing series on Vice It's a comedy show called Game Show. It's dark. It's funny. And it's just about a life of a man who runs a game show and his home life, like, kind of falling apart. And the humor is just wild. So I believe if you Google Vice, the game show, or go on vice.com and do a search there, you can find it. Uh, Pat's such a great director and writer and... I know he's working on a lot of awesome stuff, and I'm excited to see what Pat has in store for us in the future. So thanks again, Pat. That was a fun question, and I'm taking so long to answer these. We're, we're going to do one more, and this is from the band Paper Parachutes. I believe who runs this account is Brian, the bass player. Amazing guy. Thanks for reaching out and asking me something. Also, to let you guys know that I had their singer on, Saber, on a fairly recent episode. Beyond Paper Parachutes, she's a solo artist as well. Just doing amazing things. And her dynamic with this band is something I'm a huge fan of. So, Paper Parachutes, thanks for reaching out. And your question is, I am most interested in your brand of shampoo. (laughs) And actually, it's probably asking this question because when I reached out for questions I posted an older picture of me on the social medias of me in front of a microphone and I had longer hair at the time like I ended up getting a haircut recently but to answer your question I actually just switched my shampoo for the last couple years I would always uh, buy this one dove for men comes in a gray bottle It's got the two-for-one shampoo conditioner because, you know, I'm a busy guy. But recently, I switched. And I don't want to get too much into my personal life. But as a single guy, I've decided and casually having a lady friend over a while ago who ended up taking a shower at my place, I decided I need some soaps, some shampoos that are more neutral for both male and female. In case this is a recurring situation with this person or another person, you know? Yeah, don't judge me. I'm a single guy. So, I ended up buying this shampoo just last week. And I think it's something suitable for all genders, you know? Even beyond the shampoo in there, like I had like the the Old Spice body wash. There's like a dragon on it. And any lady who happens to spend the night and want to get cleaned up, be coming out of my washroom smelling like a fresh Terry Crews, you know? So I'm being more conscious of accommodating other people. 
And what I got was just this brand. It's called Expert. It comes in a green bottle. Kind of smells like coconut and aloe. And it's good shit. It's good shit. And to link this back to the show, making people feel comfortable in your vicinity is so important. And one thing I've learned from doing years of interviews is that directly translates to podcasting. If you're doing an interview style, even to the point where I believe making your guest feel comfortable is in a way even more important than the questions you ask them. If they feel comfortable, loose, you're definitely going to dive into a natural conversation. And I find on episodes where me, myself, and my guests are the most comfortable, it almost turns into this conversation that feels like it's between two friends, even if I'm meeting them for the first time. And many times after it was over, I did my send off. I've had people say that, oh, I, I even forgot the mic was on. And those are always the best episodes slash interviews, even from my time prior to the podcast of working for different media outlets. Another thing that inspired me to do my own thing was I would get sent to these venues. I wouldn't be allowed to ask all of my questions. There'd be like an agenda. It's almost me being a puppet of somebody's words in my mouth. And then once the interview time was over, I shut off the recording device and I start talking to the interview subject like myself, like a normal person. That's when all the best stuff would come out. And in the back of my head, I'm like, this should be the interview, not these cookie cutter fucking questions. And yeah, so I'm going to leave it at that, whether it's media or just life in general, do what you can to make other people comfortable and hang out and associate yourself with people who make you feel the same way. There's enough stresses in the world. And maybe unlike your job, living situation, finances, some of those things are out of your control. But one thing you always do have in your control is your social situation. Who you choose to let in and out of your life. And I've been extra conscious about that. Over the past couple years to spend time with people who make me feel good. And there's just like a lot of power to that. It brings clarity and happiness in so many things. And I can go on and on and on. But I think this episode is long enough. And if you are still listening, I want to thank you for the time you spent with me. This was just a little extra bonus episode. I really, really don't like to make these episodes about myself. Um, my intentions is to tell stories. And I actually feel hella vulnerable to do something like this today. But um, I thought as a bonus, I'd kind of let you guys into my brain, do something a little different, and get something out to you since I didn't do one last week. But again, thank you for everything. Um, we got some exciting months ahead. But before we ride off into the sunset, like always, I'm going to end the episode with a song. And since we ended up with a last question from Paper Parachutes, I'm going to play their brand new single that came out the other week. And actually, their new album is in record stores across the city. It's called Above the Clouds. I know it's at Sunrise. I saw a little post. And the song you're going to hear is their latest single. And one of my favorite tunes from them called Desert Rose. 
So again, shout out to Paper Parachutes. If you guys got a chance to see them live, it's the best vibes. Again, I mentioned Sabres in the band. Go check out her episode. Again, thanks for everybody to listen. We'll be back with more interviews. But for now, here's Paper Parachutes with Desert Rose. This is what it feels like. 